0: Hello and welcome to Good Questions, Real Answers. I'm Kimberly Warwick with Lion and Lamb Ministries. This is our director, Monty Judah. Hello, Monty. Hi. Welcome back to our new set.
1: Thank you. And Thank we you. are going
0: to, yes, I love it. I love our fireplace and we've got all of our decorations around chairs, it. Comfortable chairs, nice table. yes table. Exactly. Wonderful. Well, we are gonna jump right in today. We've got some questions that I think will be very interesting for our audience. And here's the first one from Tara. All right. Tara is relatively new to the messianic faith. Okay. She's been watching messianic teachings for Christians and wants to know about the commandments. She says she was raised Catholic, left for the new age movement, and then now came into messianic and wants to follow God's laws, ordinances, instructions for us and, and just do what God wants her to do. Okay. So she said in episode one, you mentioned that Yeshua taught us to keep his commandments and that later on rabbis Added to those so there's more than their man's laws as he referred to Correct. so she says I know the Ten Commandments Yes are the law of God But which other ones are the laws of God and as opposed to the ones added by the rabbis? She just really wants to know God's law for her and how she should follow it.
1: All right, so the the real commandments like the yes. Ten Commandments They're in the Torah they're in the five, first five books that Moses wrote the the commandments are written in there and in fact, right after you read the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. in Exodus chapter 20 in the following chapters is a portion called Mishpatim, which means ordinances. Yes. These, these are the other ordinances of God. And if you recall, God had Moses come back up on the mountain and he gave him the additional yes. commandments. He wrote them down in the Torah. And he brought them back down to teach to us and so forth. When you're in a Torah study, a weekly study of studying the Torah each Mm -hmm. Sabbath, you're being introduced to all the different commandments. Now, so let's talk about what the rabbis have done with regard to that. What they've done is they've taken the written commandments and then they have put other teachings over the top of them, they've added other precepts, mm-hmm. they've added other traditions, mm-hmm. to the point that their precepts and their traditions have essentially replaced the actual commandments that Moses wrote. Mm-hmm. They don't repeat what Moses said and tell you that, they tell you their thing, mm-hmm. okay? So when Yeshua came, he was taking us back to what Moses said when he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes. He was talking about the commandments that he and his father gave us at Mount Sinai that we gave to Moses that he wrote in the Torah. Yes. So the written commandments that Moses gave to us, he's talking about those. He's not telling us to follow the religion of Judaism, Mm -hmm. which teaches other commandments and other standards and other conditions over and above what the commandments are written in the Torah Mm -hmm. teaches. So, as you begin your study and you start learning the commandments, the first place I'm going to direct you to is the books of Moses. You know, that's where the instructions yes. and the commandments are. And you'll see them. They're very obvious. it, mm-hmm. get into a Torah study and learn from a Torah teacher. He can teach you those commandments and what they're about. Mm-hmm. You can ask questions Christians that way you can learn. If you'll focus on that, you won't have to worry about Judaism, what they're doing. Now, if you go off to, quote, Jewish sources... And other rabbis to hear about some of this stuff, you think that's where you're gonna find this instruction. They're gonna tell you their instructions, not necessarily what Moses said. Yeah. So that's where you wanna be on your guard a little bit.
0: Yes, indeed. Because we all are trying to do our very best to follow God's we, instructions.
1: We all wanna obey. Uh, the, well, absolutely. the key is, Lord, what are your commandments? Yes. So I can obey them, teach me, show me how to do it. By the way, asking God to help you on this, is a first good step.
0: That's key. Absolutely. Okay. Well, our next question is from Kirk. And Kirk has been watching many of your teachings on our YouTube channel. His question is about believers in Yeshua following Torah. He's wondering about Paul's teachings. So he's he's looking at Paul's teachings, especially Galatians, which seem to contradict the need to follow Torah as a believer in Yeshua. He cites, from there where he compared the law to a young child who is equal to a slave and the law was a tutor until the teacher came meaning the holy spirit which would make the tutor obsolete so he's asking he's not sure he quite understands this and if you could please help him to understand
1: all right well first of all the book of galatians you got to understand the purpose of the book let me just add this i'm getting ready to teach a new series on messianic teachings on the letters of paul And I'm gonna take you through what Paul was doing in each of the letters as to what he was doing. Just as a quick teaser on that, let me back up and tell you something about Paul. Paul was a really good Jew, Mm -hmm. you know, in his days. He was instructed under a very famous rabbi, Gamaliel, and he rose in the ranks amongst the Pharisees. Yes to the extent that the Pharisees gave him letters of authorization to go arrest the new believers mm-hmm. and Yeshua. He thought he was doing God's will. He had been trained by them. He was following the Pharisaic tradition. By the way, modern-day Judaism is born out of the Pharisaic tradition. Yes. So here he is and as you know, he has this road to Damascus event and mm-hmm. Yeshua calls him to faith. Yes. And turns his whole life around. Mm -hmm. now Paul as compared to all the other disciples and the other apostles Paul is a Torah scholar yes he knows the law and the prophets he has been instructed them he learns them so there was a period of time where he's sorting out well what does the Lord want me to do and Mm -hmm. how should I proceed and the brethren the believing brethren had to kind of get used to that what do you mean Paul he's one of ours now Right, you know, Because he used to be their enemy. <laughs> yes. Well, it took a little while for that sure. to happen. Mm-hmm. But Paul then, he saw the greater prophecies and he saw the greater purposes of God that come from the Torah and the prophets about what the Messiah was doing. Yeah. Even more so than some of the other apostles. Right. He knew, for example, that the Messiah came not just to save Israel, but the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so he became commissioned as the apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. And so he began to go out into made several missionary trips, some with uh, John Mark, the guy that wrote the Gospel of Mark, and Bartholomew, one of the other apostles. And they traveled throughout Asia Minor and so forth in the Greek Mm -hmm. and Roman world, ministering and sharing the faith. Well, in the course of doing that, Judaism and the Pharisaic stuff was still out there right and they resented the Apostle Paul and everything he was doing so they were trying to counter everything that Paul did and Paul was highly successful because he could argue with them on their level yes and debate them on their level and they hated that in fact they attempted to kill him a couple of times yes they did there was a group in Asia Minor it was called the Galatians mm-hmm. this is a community Paul had gone there had led them to the Lord had begun to instruct him and then he had left now the other jews that were out scattered in the area they wanted to counter what paul had taught Mm -hmm. so here we have these gentiles they're starting to learn the commandments of the lord they're starting to obey the lord believe in the god of israel and they start doing it well these jewish guys came in and said oh well you're not quite doing it right Mm-hmm. And you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you don't, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and they came mm-hmm. in with what, at the time, what the Pharisees were teaching. Mm-hmm. That is not what Paul was teaching, and that right. is not what Yeshua taught. So he's writing this letter to this group of people after they've been sorely influenced mm-hmm. by these other Jewish Pharisaic teachers, right? And he makes a series of arguments. To counter what has been done to them one of the first questions he says is to him he says, how is it that you began by the leading of the Holy Spirit that you now revert back to these other things how is it that you think that's supposed to be the path right he makes a series of arguments to counter what were the Pharisees teaching were the commandments and the Pharisees mm-hmm. were teaching as to how you have salvation and faith yes. Let me do and tell you just what the Pharisees taught for salvation prayer penance and good deeds averts the severe decree That's the law of Judaism. Mm -hmm. That's how you get saved. You have to pray a lot You have to do penance, you know for your bad deeds and you do good deeds to get saved, right? That's not faith. No Paul was teaching salvation by faith. Yes, and the receiving of the Holy Spirit They weren't talking about receiving any Holy Spirit Right. They were talking about, oh no, you got to do our customs now. you got to do it the way we say. you got to do the do's and don'ts we say. Mm-hmm. Not the leading of the Holy Spirit, not not all the other things the Messiah talked about. Right. So his book is a series of systematic arguments against what the Pharisees were teaching. By the way, this book is still a very powerful book today encountering mm-hmm. what Judaism tries to teach when I, as a Messianic Jew, when I sit down and I talk with a a Jewish believer who's been influenced by Judaism's teachings, I use many of the references that Paul uses in the book of Galatians to counter those arguments. Wow! But it was originally written to the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. it was originally written to regular Christians. But if you're not aware, and you don't understand what the Torah teaching is, really what Moses did teach, what Yeshua did teach that is the teaching of Moses. If you don't understand who the Apostle Paul is and the sophistication in which he teaches the Torah, Mm -hmm. and you don't understand what the Pharisees teach that is in error from what the Torah is, when you get to the book of Galatians, you're gonna get really confused. Yes. And those words and his arguments can be used to be twisted Mm -hmm. into other things. By the way, what did the Apostle Peter say about all of this? And 2 Peter, he said, there are some things that Paul has written that are hard to be understood, which unstable and untaught men twist to their own destruction. Yes. And I can tell you right now, as a Torah teacher, Paul makes some very powerful arguments, not only in the book of Galatians, in the book of Romans. hmm in Corinthians, yes. in the other letters that he wrote. I'm looking forward to teaching that series so that you can show how Paul was teaching the Torah concepts. Yes. And so at, at some point junctures, they differ from idolatry and they differ from what Judaism teaches. Mm-hmm. And it's a very powerful teaching. I hope it'll be a great blessing because yes. a lot of Christians rely heavily on the letters of Paul mm-hmm. for the basic teaching of doctrine you yes. know, for the faith. Let me just assure you that there are answers for this. They are, it's a sophisticated argument, does take some study to do it. It is learnable, but I would tell you, the first thing that you wanna do is you need to understand that Paul was a Torah scholar. He was a strong believer in Yeshua and he came teaching powerfully what Moses taught and what Yeshua taught, Mm -hmm. even more so than the other apostles. The other apostles were common men.
0: Right, fishermen, etc. They they
1: mm-hmm. weren't trained as being a rabbi, a Torah scholar, right. as a Pharisee. Right. Paul and it proudly announces <laughs> yes. I'm from the time of Benjamin. I was a Pharisee. Yes. I was a disciple of Gamaliel. Mm-hmm. He's laying out his credentials. Listen to the arguments I'm making. These are precise arguments. Yes. The book of Romans has some of the most powerful of all of the arguments he gives. But Galatians deals with a very specific situation of these Gentile believers had been sorely influenced by those people after they had come in, after Paul was there. And he, he's trying to dislodge them from that, and he's mm-hmm. trying to get them to turn back to the Lord. Yes. He's not telling you, don't follow the law. No. He's telling them, don't listen to the Pharisaic teaching of the law.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're claiming they're teaching the law, they're not
0: no that's correct and we are very excited for that new series we can't wait for that and we hope that you'll stay tuned because that will be coming relatively soon it'll be coming soon yes okay here's a question that's come in from several people so we'll just jump into that it's about the greater exodus okay and we've got many people who are following the way they're following the torah they believe in yeshua they've They've listened to your teaching on the greater exodus, but many of them have a spouse or children, adult children Mm -hmm. who say, "Mm, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. So they're in this quandary of, I believe in the Torah. I believe Mm -hmm. in Yeshua. I want to go to the greater exodus. I believe that too. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible teaches. But what about my spouse who says I'm not doing that, or my adult child who says I'm not doing that? What what can they do?
1: It's like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, when the angels came to Lot and yes. tried to get his family to uh, leave and escape the judgment that was coming. If you'll recall, Lot's son-in-laws thought he was joking, yes. and they refused to leave.
0: Mm-hmm
1: so he fled with his wife and his daughters and if you recall even his wife turned around and looked back yes and even she was caught in the judgment and yeshua specifically makes reference to that mm-hmm. and he says very just very shortly the exhortation to it is remember lot's wife yeah which means that, sadly, when we get to the end of the age and these, this trauma comes, and by the way, this is not going to sneak up on anybody. Right. This will be so blatantly obvious. The question will be asked and answered multiple times. There will be plenty of evidence to support this. People have to, in that day, make the fundamental decision. Do I want to live and follow what the Lord has said? Yes. Or am I going to do my own thing and, and die? hmm Every person has to make that decision. Every Mm -hmm. family member has to make that decision. Now, we who have loved ones, we want to encourage them as quickly as we can now, orient them to what's getting ready to happen and encourage them so that when the day comes, they'll make that decision. Right. I would remind everybody right now, it's still not yet that day. Right. So every time we bring this subject up, sometimes it can be annoying to people because they don't want to hear it. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just don't understand it and it sounds like nonsense to them And you got to remember the prophecy said in the last days. There'll be mockers Yes saying where's the promise of his coming? Everything goes on as before Mm -hmm. And they fundamentally have forgotten something God has been in the business of judging the world before in the flood That's right. God has done this before. Yeah, and by the way, he says in the last days it will be like the days of Noah Yes, he does we better be paying attention now for those who are wise like the virgins who go get some extra oil yes they're not caught unawares but then there's others who don't prepare and it doesn't work out so good for them mm-hmm. so these are the days that we're living in and the doctrine of the second coming everybody agrees the the Messiah has promised that he will come back yes. the question is when right And let me just go a a step further on this. I just wrote an article on this recently. Yes, you did. Why we're the last generation. If you don't believe that we're the last generation, you think that we're part of the history of the world and it's off in some future that the Lord's going to come back. You know, this is a fascinating subject about the second coming, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason for us to get all worked up about it. Right. But if you do believe we're the last generation, and you've looked at the signs, and you've looked at what the prophecy said, and you've come to a conclusion that says, hey, wait a minute, this generation is completely different from all other generations in yes, the history indeed. of the world, and you know the prophecies, of what it says about the last generation, and you conclude and say, wait a minute, we are the last generation, then you have to take this subject very seriously. Yes, indeed. You have to do some preparation. So that's where we're at at the moment. And so my way of addressing the issue with family members, friends, blah, 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 is to sort out this question. Do you think we might be the last generation? And let them say, okay, well, what, what's the signs of the last generation? And then let them compare for themselves. What did the prophecy say? And what is the world we're living in? Mm-hmm. Right now, interestingly enough, even unbelievers are going, man, something really weird is happening that's in the world right. right now. That's right. The world is upside down. Well, that's what Isaiah said. The days would come at the last days mm-hmm. when they'd call bitter sweet, and sweet, bitter, and they'd call the, the the righteous guilty and the guilty as righteous. Yes. We're in those days. That's just one prophecy. Right. How many prophecies, Monty, are there that would identify the last generation? Dozens. Dozens. Yes, how many of them are we satisfying right now all of them?
0: Yes Second Timothy for one. one second all Timothy
1: three Yeah, but but you're not going to believe that unless you go look and see what the prophecy says right. And then take a look at the world for yourself and you make your own decision. That's are right. we the last generation now? once you draw that conclusion Let's have that discussion about. Well, what did the Lord say further? He was going to do and what did he mm-hmm. say about our deliverance in the midst of this, what, what's supposed to happen? Because we're here, mm-hmm. and if this is what's coming on the world, how's the Lord supposed to save us? That's right. Now we can look at those prophecies. But jumping to those too quickly, saying, hey, you got to go on the greater exodus. Why should they want to go on the greater exodus? They don't even think it's the last generation yet. Right. So there's a way to approach the problem, and that's the way that I try to you know, share the topic with other, other folks.
0: Yes, and that's a wonderful suggestion in terms of how to approach that conversation. And if you would like to know more about the article that Monty's written, please look at our March edition of the Yavo Magazine. If you don't receive that already, you can receive that free, either in the mail or digital delivery. And you can go to yavomagazine.com and sign up for whichever edition you prefer, or both, if you'd like. That's what I do. I get both. So please do that, and there's a lot of information in there that can help you with your discussions with your family the about way, the last generation.
1: By the way, that Yavo magazine and articles, they're free.
0: Yes, you know, free, All, both digital and the paper Art copy. copy. Right, That's right. Magazine That's exactly right. So moving on to our next question, Kay. Alexander from Europe okay. has a question about the 144,000. All right. He says he's looking at your teaching about Revelation, And he's been studying that. He says, namely, it says we have 12,000 souls will be sealed from each tribe. And then he says, he assumes that Ephraim and Judah are much more than the 144,000, and he'd like some explanation.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Israel, greater Israel is huge. Yes. The 144,000 are a subset of all of Israel. Right. The, it's not just twelve thousand. There's only twelve thousand Ephraimites in the world. No, that's not true. There's twelve thousand out of all the Ephraimites that are sealed mm-hmm. for this purpose, and the same thing of all the other tribes. Israel is a is a greater group. Yes. Uh, and but the remnant is is a subset within them the 144,000 are a subset within them there's far more than that number
0: yes exactly and again the subject of the 144,000 was the subject of another article that you've written and that is in the February edition of the Yavo magazine so check that out too and that will help you learn more about that now we have a question from Christopher okay And he's looking at Daniel in the 70 weeks. Oh boy. And I know this is very deep. We could do many shows on this one question. That's correct. But he asks, can the 70 weeks be counted after the reclaiming of Jerusalem in 1967? This seems viable since then, 57 years have passed, coupled with the birth pangs increasing globally. Also, Daniel is told the 70 weeks pertain to his people, the redeemed and the holy city of Jerusalem. Is the historic 70-year captivity in Babylon a foreshadow of end-time events?
1: Okay, so let's first of all talk about Daniel chapter 9, beginning of verse 24 through the end of the chapter. Yes. This is the passage of scripture that's used in conjunction with the whole book of Revelation to try to understand the end times. Daniel is the prophet who gave us the prophecy about the abomination of desolation. Yes. Yes. And he's the one that gives very specific day counts of events mm-hmm. in the Great Tribulation. And they've always been trying to figure out what this thing was that the what the Lord told Daniel mm-hmm. about the end. Okay, And in particular, there's this phrase about in the middle of the week would be the abomination right. of desolation. Mm-hmm. And they have these 70 weeks, 70 sets of sevens. They're trying to figure out, is that years, is that combinations of years, what is that? And so there's much speculation that's been done, there's a ton of prophecy books that have been written on this subject. Anybody who gets serious about studying end time prophecy is gonna wade in on this. All right, so with all of that said, I'm not going to give you a definitive answer right now and explain all of Daniel 9 to you.
0: No, we don't have that. So
1: let's me let me, let's take the precise question. that he, He's asking a particular question with regard to 1967 when Israel recaptured the old city yeah. and, and recaptured those elements of it. He's asking, is could that possibly be the start?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we don't know exactly when the count starts. It says from the issuing of the decree. If you go back historically there were like four different decrees that Mm -hmm. were issued about the rebuilding of Jerusalem yes in 1967 though something rather interesting did take place and in particular in the Old City when Israel was able to get into the Old Mm City they began to develop within the Jewish quarter this big open area there at the Western Wall they call it the Wailing Wall yes okay and I'm, everybody heard about, we had first access to the Whaling Wall. Well, they have built this large open area. They call it the Plaza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And tourists now go, since 1967, you can go to the Western Wall, you can pray yes. at the Whaling Wall. And then, in fact, they have a, a website that you can watch it online 24 seven if mm-hmm. you want. Just to the south of that, there was this. all this debris was piled up and they decided to go in and dig down archeologically removing very large stones that used to be on the temple mount that the Mm -hmm. Romans knocked off in the siege of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and the destruction of Jerusalem. And they removed those and they've dug down the wall all the way down to street level of the streets that was in the days of the second temple period when Yeshua and the disciples were walking around. Right, And all the way around to what are called the southern steps were the hold gates where most of the people when they would go to up to the temple they would go up through those gates and their baptismals were out there and they would mm-hmm. get baptized and then they would go up on the temple Mount. that was the main thing where they did that comes from the city of david the southern part mm-hmm. okay that dig that archaeological work they've done is referred to affectionately as the moat now, a moat is something that you would have in a castle. You know, it's the water mm-hmm. that's just outside the wall. and yes. You've got to go across the water before you can get up on the wall. Well, anytime you dig down along a wall, that's called a moat. Mm-hmm. And so you have a plaza and you have a moat. And that's actually what they call it. They call it the moat. Yes. Where they've dug down. Now, why is that significant? Well, in Daniel 9, this is a part of Daniel 9, you never hear any of the other prophecy teachers talk about. It says after 62 weeks, in other words, it's a midpoint in the counting process, mm-hmm. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with plaza and moat. Wow. Now, you can go back in the history of Jerusalem, and it's Jerusalem that's rebuilt with that. Right. I should say, not Israel, Jerusalem. You can go back in the history of Israel, they've never had a plaza and a moat before. But we have one now. Yes. That came as a result of 1967 So how does that fit into that whole thing because it says after 62 weeks So your chronology whatever you're going to do for your 70 weeks you're going to you've got to take that into account and Mm -hmm. to Date I've not seen any of the major prophecy teachers deal with that yet Uh Oh And that is a that's staring us this right in the face. This is event. right in front yeah. of us, mm-hmm. and it's well known to all biblical scholars that this exists. But yeah. what does it mean? Well, I can tell you this: it says that we're pretty close to the end. Right. We're somehow in the midst of these things. We may not fully understand all of it yet, but we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. So that's the best answer I can give you at the moment you need to be paying attention because I think more things are going to be revealed soon and this is going to sort itself out and we're going to all see it together I think
0: it's just amazing I mean we are living in amazing times we are we really are And and we see those biblical events and mysteries coming unfolding quickly
1: right quickly now amen
0: another indicator of maybe we're the last generation another indicator (laughs) that
1: we could be that's one of the signs yes generation
0: yes indeed well before we go today monty i want to mention again our passover set right that we have available in our messianic marketplace we have the passover hagata which you talked about last week we have a Seder, and i would really like you to say a word about that and the cd with the songs well, Tell this is this it.
1: is the the video. It's a DVD. You can plug in and do two things. You can study about how to conduct a Passover. Yes, but you can also run the one program, which is actually a Seder being done for you. You can yes. put it in, have your Seder set up for your own and follow the video. It will actually lead you through it. It's it me sure does. Yes. Leading a Passover Seder yes. and you can follow right along with your family and follow the video that mm-hmm. walks you through it. This is particularly helpful if you're trying to set up a Seder in your home yeah. with your family and friends.
0: Yes, and as I said last week, our family really enjoyed it when we started doing this. It was, It is really helpful and it's just like having Monty right there in your living room with you and in your dining room leading you in the Seder. It was great. Amen. So that's all the time we have for this week. Please join us again next week for Good Questions, Real Answers. And we hope that you'll like, comment and share. And we will definitely have more for you coming up soon. All
1: right, Shabbat Shalom.